Uh, now we're going to do our Labor Day um, labor uh, focus, and uh, please stay tuned. We'll be focusing on labor conditions in Vietnam. Today we're going to be focusing on Vietnam as a special Labor Day uh, edition of Subversity here on Dan, uh, with Dan Sang. Uh, with us uh, online is Angie Ngoc Tran, who is an associate professor at Cal State uh, University, Monterey Bay, uh, in political economy, and she's done a lot of research uh, in Vietnam on uh, workers there. Uh, welcome to the show. Well, thank you very much. I just met you in Kuala Lumpur at a conference, uh, International Convention of Asia Scholars, and you gave a paper there. What What was your paper about? Yes, well, first of all, um, thanks so much for, for asking me to participate in this uh, in this uh, radio interview. It's, uh, we're laboring on Labor Day. Right, we're working. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. Um, yes, um, the, um, the, the paper that I presented at uh, um, ICAST 5 in Kuala Lumpur is basically looking at the role of the labor press. Um, as I argued in one of my um, recent articles, which will come out um, in Labor Studies Journal in September, is the emerging role of the labor newspapers, which is still a, um, a form, an, an official form of the labor union in Vietnam. But my argument is that um, they are cracking up a space um, to um, basically respond to workers' spontaneous action, collective action, i.e. strikes, or a space for workers to complain about various labor violations in Vietnam. And um, because of that action, um, uh, local labor unions at different levels, at the district level, at the city level, um, would respond, would, would intervene um, in those uh, um, labor uh, disputes, um, most of the time on workers' behalf. Um, and then that would bring about um, corrective actions um, on management side. Um, the problem, uh, the problem, however, is that uh, on the man, on the management side, um, they would often um, appease to workers' collective action, um, just to the point that they would stop striking, or they would stop, you know, their work stoppage and go back to work. Uh, but then, soon after, they would return to those behaviors. So it's not a long-term uh, thing that they would do. It's a little bit uh, interesting because. Uh you know, we're in the United States, and I don't see newspapers exposing labor conditions that much here. Yes, I know. It's <laughs> amazing. In a socialist country, I mean, uh, I think that's a very progressive, very, very good aspect of the labor press that I, that I, I would like to shed light on. Yeah. Because, uh, true, structurally, it's still part and parcel of the state structure. But, right. But, um, but, but if, if, if one looks at the... Um, uh, activities, its activities on the ground. One will see that it, it's having quite, a, quite an amazing um, autonomous um, action. I mean, still, it still has to respond to um, the agenda uh, policies of the state and of the labor unions. But it, it is striking a very, very interesting uh, line that I that I would like for us to to pay attention to. And you can find more. Um, details, more evidence for that in my upcoming article in the Labor Studies Journal in September. Uh, is this, uh, pa- are these papers like Lao Dong and other papers like that? Yes, uh, mostly coming from Nui Lao Dong, which is the laborer. Um, the laborer is mm-hmm. um, a labor press that is the official forum of the Ho Chi Minh City Labor Federation, um, 
Liên đoàn Lao động ở thành phố Hồ Chí Minh. And um, I focus on that because it covers uh, most of the strikes which are concentrating in the south of Vietnam. This is not to say that then there are no strikes in, in other parts of the country. Yes, there are. But most of the tri- strikes tend to concentrate in the south of Vietnam, um, and especially in Ho Chi Minh City area and the surrounding uh, uh, provinces. So the laborer, the người lao động, has a very dedicated group of journalists who are assigned to different um, um, EPZ areas in, in, in Ho Chi Minh City and in surrounding areas uh, to, to report and cover strikes um, as soon as um, it's erupted. Now, um, one of the things that is discussed in that conference um, paper is that um, workers are very proactive. Mm-hmm. They don't just sit there and, 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 and accept, you know, their fate, quote-unquote, being oppressed. They, um, they have it, not all, but many of them have cell phones, and they know <laughs> the newspaper's headquarters in, 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 in Saigon. They either call uh-huh. the, the journalists directly, or they would go there to report on these labor violations. So as soon as the newspapers know about these uh, impending strikes, they would immediately... Um, Um, you know, dispatch uh, news uh, journalists to those areas and, and cover the strike. And as soon as they learn about these impending strikes, they would inform um, local authorities, local unions, and uh, um, local uh, people's committees to um, to defend on, 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 on that strike scene, to uh, negotiate with management. Well, uh, most often the labor unions at the enterprise level um, are very weak. Um, why they're weak? Well, this is the reason. Structurally, they're not working full-time for the union. Hmm. They are working part-time. In a sense, they are, they are employees to themselves, and they are receiving salaries and wages from the management. Mm-hmm. And they're working, they're working on labor union activities at a, on a part-time basis. Because of that, most of them are, I would say, and, and the newspapers report on this widely, they're compromised. They have kind of a conflict of interest, mm-hmm. so so that they're not they're not effective. They're not strong in responding to um, workers' uh, demands and requests. So, but the point that I'm making here is that one has to look at the more uh, complex structure of the labor unions. It's, it's, it's hierarchical. It 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 has many levels. So, at the lowest level, um, at the, at the enterprise level, if it's not working, at the higher level, which is the district. And city level, um, um, labor unions would be much more effective because they are paid full time mm. by the, um, I'm using an acronym in the Vietnamese General Confederation of Labor, VGCL, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. to, to work full time and, and to respond immediately to workers' uh, requests. Do they, uh, I've seen a chart you've done at a previous uh, conference of yeah. uh, the number of strikes um, mm-hmm. every year. It seems like hundreds. Uh, it seems quite a bit. Um, these are at foreign-owned enterprises, right? Yes, yes, exactly. Um, um, in terms of the types of ownership, yes, it is true. Um, most strikes still take place in uh, FDI, which is foreign directed investment um, companies. Um, um, how, and then secondly, uh, in private uh, um, domestic companies, and then lastly, in state-owned companies. Um, two things, so to make sure that they, um, 
have my point across here. One is that if one looks at, um, if one compare and contrast the first six months of strikes of this year to the first six months of strikes last year, drastic decrease in the number of strikes. One can attribute that to the kind of pro-FDI policy of the Vietnamese government um, um, in, in, in recent years, um, which, is trying to, which is trying to, you know, create a kind of environment that is conducive for FDI companies to come in and set up shops in Vietnam. Secondly, um, the fact that you see a decrease in um, strikes or labor dissatisfaction in state-owned companies, that doesn't mean that um, workers' conditions, working conditions are, are, are okay in, in, in state-owned companies. The, 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 um, the, the protests and um, the dissatisfaction are reflected in different ways, um, mm. most likely in protest letters, protest letters sent to the labor newspapers, or to labor court, or to um, local government. How, how, so, so it is yeah. handled differently than the strikes in FBI companies. How effective is the ILO in Vietnam? I know the in Hanoi there's an ILO, International Labor Organization office there. Absolutely, uh, yes, yes. They, 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 they're nice group of people. I, I, I talk to them um, almost every time I, I went to Vietnam. I just got back from Vietnam about over a week ago. Um, um, uh, some of the leaders there were away on vacation, so I could not uh, have a conversation with them. They are very. They've been. They've been in Vietnam for a long time, and they've been conducting a lot of um, um, training um, um, sessions um, to increase the kind of um, capacity training, if you will, and also looking at the issue of collective bargaining agreements (CBAs). Right. Um, however, my my um, my my um, concern about all of these training is that yes. They, they, they have a lot of good ideas about tripartite um, structure, you know, bringing the three sides together, the state, the management, and the labor unions, and CBA trainings, but not much on implementation of, 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 of these trainings. I mean, I, I, haven't, I haven't seen um, studies about the effectiveness of these trainings. Yes, I, I support, you know, these, um, these, these training activities, but I would like to see more um, effectiveness or the implementation of, of these training sessions. Would you say that the, the press in the South is much more uh, kind of uh, supportive of labor rights than the press in the North? That's an interesting question. Um, I would not um, immediately, um, um, you know, um, it, it tended to say yes on that. But, but let me give you an example that I would be a little bit hesitant to, to say yes on that. In the wave of the minimum wage strike, which took place at the end of 2005, um, for 10 days, uh, December 28, 2005 to January 7th, 2006, what's true, the laborer, the, the, the newspaper in the South, um, played a vital role, which I uh, expressed, uh, discussed in my article coming out, um, um, you know, this fall, um, in, in covering the strike. But this is an interesting thing. Um, because they, the laborer was right at the scene, they can cover all of these uh, uh, strikes that were erupted in FDI companies um, in Lingjung 1 EPZ, uh, Ho Chi Minh City. Mm-hmm. They, they covered a lot of those critical um, uh, articles, which basically um, create a turning point uh, for this whole struggle, labor struggle, which then brought all of the, you know, the stakeholders to the negotiating table, which then uh, got to the resolution 
of uh, MOLISA, which is Ministry of Labor, Invalids, and Social Affairs, and, um, and the VTCL, which is the labor union. And then with that resolution, um, then the prime minister would have to agree to sign a decree, number three, to raise the minimum wage to 40%, effective um, February of, of last year, so six. While they were doing that, while the laborer were doing that, they did get into some, some kind of a complaint or I would say some sort of a problem with the local authorities who were saying that are you then um, perpetuating these strikes by supporting the workers? Well, they said, no, you know, we are a worker state. We're supposed to support workers. And then they, they got into somewhat of a trouble there. Then the, 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 the newspaper from the north, the labor, the Laudum, jumped oh. in to help. By, by then covering more critical interviews with the then <clears throat> the then president of the GCL, Mr. Mrs. Kuti Ho, uh, which was basically supporting um, these, uh, these 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 uh, medium wage strikes. So, so in a sense, they were in, in in they were allies. You know, they were in alliance with each other in in in, in the response to to workers uh, workers uh, resistance. So uh, during that kind of a critical time, so so I, I I'd say that um, um, they, they 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 are in alliance, and the fact that we see more things happening in the south is because most strikes tend to concentrate in the south of Vietnam, as I mentioned earlier. And most of those uh, foreign investment firms are in the south. Is yes, right? true. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, but then they are also spreading. Now the the the, the recent trend is that they are moving away from the cities um, to set up shops, set up plants in surrounding provinces. Long An, for example, we're just looking at the, the latest news this morning, mm. that there was a strike uh, in the Samitex company, Taiwanese-owned, mm-hmm. in Long An, which is uh, west of Ho Chi Minh City in the um, um, uh, Mekong Delta region, but because it is outside of big cities like Ho Chi Minh City and, and Hanoi. The minimum wage is only forty-nine dollars a month. Wow! And that is that is the, the trend of these um, um, of FDI companies moving away from the cities to take advantage of even lower minimum wage. Now, the the, the victory um, that I mentioned earlier, the minimum wage victory, raised the minimum wage to this three-tier thing: fifty-four dollars for big cities, Saigon, uh, Hanoi, and forty-nine for provinces like Long An, and forty-four. For rural, for, 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 for rural areas, you know, um, the mountainous regions and, and rural areas. So, so that is the trend. They move away from the cities. Take advantage of that. Now, the second trend of, of these FDI companies is that um, most of them are like small to medium-sized, uh, mostly from South Korea and from Taiwan. They rent facilities and they rent machinery oh. um, from, from, from companies. Um, in, 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 in big cities, and they hire workers to work on a couple of batches of, of um, uh, either, you know, garment, uh, fabrics, or, or shoes. Uh, <clears throat> and then after the first couple of batches, they just disappear. The management just disappeared, owing workers a lot of, uh, you know, back wages. Oh, wow. Yes, and, and the newspapers have been um, discovering and uh, setting light on that, on that practice. So that has been going on. In, in Vietnam, especially in South. So do you feel that the, I mean, I know you've been researching this in the context of globalization, mm-hmm. the effects on uh, third world countries. Uh, yeah. Do you feel that the uh, the rich getting richer and the poor getting poorer in Vietnam? Yes, 
I definitely feel so. Um, um, it is it is a kind of really um, um, sort of like a um, reflection of the race to the bottom thesis that we've been um, looking at lately. Um, um, it, it, well, a couple of things here. Um, focusing on the issue of workers, um, the race to the bottom piece is basically saying that capital, capital is mobile, moving from place to place, from country to country, whereas labor is less mobile. I'm stressing the word less because they are too becoming more mobile. Mm-hmm. Um, and because of that, um, the negoc- there's a power relation um, in the negotiation in the, in the, the bargaining between capital and labor. Capital has this, this, this threat of, of, of packing up and leave. Um, if labor, uh, if workers would, um, you know, organize and, and, and demand for basic rights. And they've been doing that. Um, and you look at the trend uh, of, of capital mobility from China to Vietnam. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of those happening in the South. And, and, and even within Vietnam, you see capital mobility, as I just mentioned, from cities, big cities, to provinces and to rural areas to suppress wages. So, so that so, so so that is going on, but 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 the race to but the race to the and I disagree with the race to the bottom thesis is that it doesn't really weaken um, labor organizing that much uh, because workers in Vietnam do have this kind of spontaneity, mm. spontaneous action, collective action um, against that kind of, uh, of practices and. You also have a secondary consideration: the role of the the role of the, the labor press in response to such labor spontaneous collective action. So that's that, that's within the kind of um, workers around that we're talking about. But 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 yet, looking broader, um, one starts to see a lot of um, inequity um, happening in Vietnamese society in in, in general. Yes. Is the rural area getting any of the benefit? I mean, some people argue that globalization benefits workers by raising their their wages, but in the rural areas, is is it changing totally changing the way people uh, work? That, that that's that's an interesting question because um, if you look at the labor force in in big cities, you see most of them are migrant workers. Mm. Except for some, you know, uh, 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 some EPZs, export processing zones and industrial zones in Ho Chi Minh City where uh, their policy is to encourage, uh, workers within the, you know, the local neighborhood. But, but, but other than that, most of, majority I would say of, of the labor force in the south, in, in, in big cities in the south are coming from the countryside. So most of them are migrant workers coming from poor areas, from Thien Vang, hmm. from, uh, the north. Uh, provinces from the central provinces, poor, poor areas from from all over the country. So they are they are they are congregating in big cities to work in these uh, in the EPZs. For what kind of wage they earn? Well, the, the minimum wage I mentioned earlier, not really li- livable wage. Mm-hmm. No. They cannot live with fifty four dollars a month, or forty nine dollars, or forty four for that matter. Um, they have they then have to work overtime, right? Uh, to 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 make to make a living. Um, so forced overtime would have to be defined in many ways. One, piece rate work is what they often work in this kind of thing. Minimum wage is just a rock, rock, rock bottom. Mm. So, so they work long hours. They they, they work until they drop. Um, on average, the 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 the, the, uh, the the monthly wage in big cities that's about a million um, Vietnamese dong. That's about you know um, sixty-seven 
U.S. dollars at the exchange rate of 15,000 dong per, per U.S. dollar um, to make to make ends meet. So so um, so so they make very low wage um, in the in big cities. Um, um, and what kind of alternatives? They don't really have real alternatives. Is there more women working than men, or, or is it equal? I'm sorry, I couldn't hear you. Are there more women coming to the cities to work? Yes, yes. I mean, in, in the kind of industries that I've been focusing on, labor-intensive industries, um, textile, garment, shoes, electronics, mm-hmm. okay, um, now, those are the kinds of uh, industries that most FDI companies invest in. Mm. Um, there are other types of companies, um, you know, um, um, capital intensive, but far and few between. Um, most of uh, FDI still invested in um, labor intensive industries, like um, garment, shoes, electronics. Do you see uh, Vietnam as becoming the core center uh, after India? Because some people argue that you know, as more and more people know English, that they could move the core center industry to um, <laughs> to Vietnam? Well, that's a very interesting um, question. Um, I think that would probably be in the realm of electronics and computer programming and things like that. Right. It's so funny. I was just looking at the news this morning that um, there are now foreign workers coming to work in Vietnam. What, what workers? Foreign, foreign workers. Oh, wow. Uh, uh. Working at Intel, working for Intel. Uh-huh, uh-huh. So, so, so that is happening. Um, um, we haven't we haven't talked about you know Vietnamese workers going to work overseas in you know Malaysia or or oh, right. uh, Singapore or South Korea or Taiwan etc etc. I heard Qatar is a big uh, draw now. Yeah, but not but not as but not as much as in um, Malaysia, which is an article that I'm co-writing with a with a colleague of mine. Malaysia now accounts for over fifty percent of. Um, 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 Vietnamese workers, you know, working overseas. I thought so, it, yeah, hmm. Because I, yeah. I was on a plane from Malaysia, and um, I came, I went to Vietnam from Malaysia a few weeks ago, and uh-huh. on the plane where all these, uh, it was like a six o'clock a.m. plane, so it was all these uh, foreign workers. I mean, all these Vietnamese workers who were in Malaysia, and uh-huh. they were coming home, and yeah. they were talking to me in in Mandarin. Actually, the oh. it was very interesting because. And it was so early that I, 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 I could speak better Vietnamese than Mandarin <laughs> at the point really? at that point in the morning. I was like totally out of it. And why is this guy talking to me in Mandarin? And uh, so he was trying to uh, explain his wages and all that. And it was very low, very very low. It um, is very low. And the thing with with which is my work in progress. So for my preliminary um, um, uh, uh, research on this and, and study on this is that, yes, they earn like about um, 18 ringgit a day, mm-hmm. um, which is rock the minimum wage in, in, in Malaysia, and, um, and, and about 750 ringgit per month. And, uh, it, you know, it's like about 3 million Vietnamese dollars, not much better than a skilled worker in Vietnam. Yeah, this guy was making about 500 ringgit, I think, a month. So it's oh, even, okay, even less, yeah, even less. Okay. And he'd been there a year for a Taiwan firm, I think. Oh wow! It sounds like wow. something like that, yeah. Yeah, and in Malaysia, workers have to pay this kind of levy, oh. hundred ringgit uh, a month levy. Mm. It's really ridiculous. Hmm. Yeah. You know, I mean, Malaysian workers do not have to pay that, but but foreign workers coming to work in Malaysia for these uh, hard labor, labor intensive work have to pay hundred ringgit as a levy. Wow! Wow! Yeah. yeah. 
So I not mention other kind of uh, fees <laughs> associated with that. Right. Right. <laughs> yes, yes. So, so did, do you do you? Uh, how did you get interested in this? Uh, I know you. You were were you born in Vietnam? Yes. Ah. I was raised in Vietnam and left to Vietnam as a boat person. <laughs> yeah. It's a well-known fact, so I don't, <laughs> I don't say that. Um, yes, yeah, seventeen, left Vietnam as a boat person. Uh, during those years, this was one of the you know, kind of a bleakest uh, um, years in, you know, Vietnamese recent history. Um, so um, came to the U.S., um, went to high school for two years, and then um, went to um, university, CSU, Long Beach, ah. uh, for, my, my, for my BA in database administration, and then um, went to work for a couple of years, and went back to graduate school full-time, USC, um, and then went back to teach in uh, another campus of the CSU system. Was was there support for labor studies when you were doing labor studies in grad school? No. <laughs> <laughs> it, it it comes later in life actually. Um, um, I studied political economy, but 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 I have to say that there are a lot of overlapping between political economy and global political economy is what I'm doing for sure. And and, and labor studies, so a lot of overlapping. Um, between those two um, disciplines, so so labor studies, I think, is is is, is much more interdisciplinary. Inter. I'm looking at the issue of gender. Yeah. You know, I'm looking at labor um, um, uh, management relations. So, and they 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 are very very interrelated. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. Well, thank you very much for doing this on short notice on Labor Day. Um, uh, we're talking with uh, we've been talking with Angie Tran uh, from Cal State University Monterey Bay. Oh, uh, one last thing. Check yes. out my website. Yes. sbgs.csumb.edu. And I've linked it on the Subversity homepage. Yeah. Yes. And so, for list of publications there. Yes, yeah. Impressive list. Uh, thank you very much. Thank you. Okay, bye-bye. Thank I'll you keep in touch. Uh, that was uh, Angie Tran, uh, a professor, associate professor of, socio- of political economy in, uh, in uh, Cal State University, Montreal. Day, uh, talking about labor conditions in Vietnam and the strikes that seem to be happening quite a bit. Uh, earlier, we were talking with uh, two uh, people associated with uh, a documentary that gives us a look back at the history of uh, sexuality repression in uh, Boise, Idaho. Uh, we uh, talked with the director, Seth Rando, and uh, archivist. From the uh, from the from archivist from the University of Idaho, who has who was instrumental as the historical consultant on the film for uh, that uh, looks at a sex scandal that took place in Boise, Idaho, uh, and this is uh, these are the historical antecedents of uh, of the um, of the resignation of. Uh, of uh, Larry Craig in as U.S. Uh, senator last this weekend, uh, their op-ed Seth Rando and Alan Verders uh, op-ed uh, they were on the show was in the New York Times on Saturday. Uh, Idaho's original same-sex scandal. Uh, this is Dan Chang signing off for Subversity here on KCI. The audio of the show will be online on our website at kci.org/dtsang. Thanks for listening. The opinions expressed on the show were not necessarily those of the Regents of the University of California, nor the management of KUCI.